Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. I appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our video feed, 94WIP. Check it out there. Uh, a lot of great content on YouTube. Jack and and, uh, and Elliot, of course, with Clap Your Hands. Reaction to the Sixers. That's what I want to do today, some reaction to the Sixers and what happened yesterday at the NBA trade deadline. We had our big trade deadline show. Elliot was in studio all day. Should they go all in? Should they go all out? Should they have kind of an in-between? What should the Sixers do? And I think for the first time in a while, I actually came away ready to give Daryl Morey some credit. I have not been a big Daryl Morey fan for what he's done here in Philadelphia. I was a big fan of Daryl Morey before he got to Philadelphia, but I did not think, I, and I haven't thought, that he's done an outstanding job here in Philadelphia. I've been I've been critical of Daryl Morey because I, I think he's really, he's really lost a lot of trade deadlines. The George Hill one was a waste of my time. Last year with Jada McDaniels, a waste of my time. Uh, the James Harden one, in essence, was a waste of everyone's time. He had to dump Ben, but he gave up a lot of picks in the middle of that to get rid of Ben, and Harden didn't really work out here. And now this one yesterday felt like a very, very half-measured, don't-go-all-in, wait-for-the-future kind of deadline. And I applaud Daryl Morey for it. I think he did a good job yesterday. Okay, let's start with what he did do, which is, of course... Land Buddy Healed from that's that's the big one. We'll get to all the the, you know, the ramifications of the moves yesterday, but he got Buddy Healed from the Indiana Pacers. Healed will help. He's you know been over the last seven eight years one of the best three point shooters in the league. The Sixers shoot three pointers at one of the bottom ten rates in the NBA. They don't shoot them enough. They don't make enough of them. It is, and this was my problem last year when they were getting run out of the gym by the Celtics. 
it's a math problem. When you get to, unless you have Jokic, who is the most efficient offensive player in the league and makes everyone better with efficiency, it's very hard in today's NBA to be a two-point shooting team and win. Very, very hard. And the Sixers are a two-point shooting team. They're with that with Embiid, but it works when Embiid's on the court to a, to a certain extent because he is so efficient similar to Jokic, different but similar. He gets to the free throw line. He's a walking bucket. You know, they get a lot of points that way and it mitigates the rest. But the bottom line is with or without Embiid, they need to shoot more threes and especially without Embiid the next month. Plus, there's no way they're going to win games shooting a bunch of twos and not threes. So Buddy Heald arriving here, I like that. Always liked Heald. Free agent after the season. I wouldn't mind if he sticks around, but it obviously maintains flexibility. Campaign coming in. Always was a fan of him. He's fine. Gives them more Guard depth off the bench, okay? They get two second-round picks back. Obviously, what they lost yesterday, Marcus Morris, Farkan Korkmaz, Patrick Beverly, Jaden Springer. We'll get to those in a sec because everyone's upset about those. Daniel House, and they lose four second-round picks. So in in the net yesterday, they're adding healed and pain for the rest of the season, and they're going to subtract two total second-round picks. Now, before we get to the future, why I'm okay with all this, and what Daryl Moore, I think, is trying to do here, the losses of Pat Beverly and the losses of Jaden Springer. Let's start with Pat Bev. I love Pat Bev. There's a dog in him. Always liked him in every stop. I think he's the kind of guy you want on a team trying to do big things in the postseason, if nothing else for a culture guy, for a dog. This year's P.J. Tucker, all that kind of stuff, a toughness that he brings. Unfortunately, he's not bringing enough shooting. You know, there's a line, and every team has to find this, the line between culture, toughness, mentality, and then the line that is putting the ball in the basket and scoring enough points to win. Because you could be the, the, the toughest team on the block, but if you can't put the ball in the basket, does it really matter? And I think that's where the Pat Bev thing came in. Look, he's 35 years old. He's a guy this year shooting 32% from three. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Averages 6.3 points a game, 32% from three. He's not bad. I'll take him. And he's probably going to be a pain in the butt in the playoffs if the Sixers see the Bucs and he's going to be guarding Tyrese Max in the perimeter and give him all sorts of trouble. So I'm not, I don't love that they lost Pat Bev. I do, I did like him as a player. He was almost like a half coach, half player. But when you say that, you mean he's not really that good of a player anymore. I think they could withstand it from the playing aspect. I understand why Maury did that campaign gives you a little bit there and they're probably going to sign Kyle Lowry anyway to fill that spot so you you, I think you fill the toughness role you fill the the dog role with Kyle Lowry now can Lowry play anymore ah I don't know I mean the the, the heat just said goodbye and everyone's like you know what we've watched the last couple years he's he's he looks fluffy I mean he's not the same player he was a couple years ago but I like the Nick Nurse reunion there if Lowry does end up here in Philadelphia so I will call that a wash the Lowry you know, the Lowry, Pat Bev, culture, dog, toughness thing, that will be a wash. We'll see if Lowry gives him a little more shooting. As far as Jaden Springer goes, nice player. And I know there's like a sense of dread that he'll be the next Isaiah Joe, who's really become a marksman for the Oklahoma City Thunder that, uh-oh, here we go. They got rid of a young player who's just starting to come into his own. It's going to bite them. He's 21 years old. We know how good he was in the in the G League, and there's something there, and why the heck would they trade Jaded Springer away? I, I, get, I get the reaction. But Jaded Springer's a guy that so far has shown very little ability to shoot. He's a 21% three-point shooter this year. 21%. He shoots 40% from the field, 
as a pro. And it's been, you know, it's been 50 games. So there's very, very little sample. But I, I haven't seen enough from Jaden Springer to make me feel like they're giving up on someone that is going to be a, you know, star one day. And you know what? Is there a chance he becomes something? Sure. But this is now his third year in the NBA. He was a first-round pick. Very few first-round picks that are three years in and have shown little go and blossom somewhere else. This wasn't like a second-round pick where you feel like, all right, I had to go and I had to develop this. And this guy was a first-round pick. He was a first-round pick, and at Tennessee, when you watched him, he did make some threes. He was a 43% three-point shooter at Tennessee. It hasn't translated yet to pro basketball. I am not ready to say this is a major mistake. They get a second-round pick back. He was the late first-round pick anyway. He's got some upside. He has some athleticism. I understand all that. But I think what yesterday was about, and this is why I'm okay with what they did, it was about the reality of today and the reality of what tomorrow could be. The Sixers have one player now, one player, under contract, locked in 2024-2025 cap sheet. That's Joel Embiid. That's it. They have one cap hold. They have immense flexibility this offseason, and that's where they have to focus. Not on the now, but on the tomorrow. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And two things stand out to me. Daryl Morey realizes what I've been trying to say for a while now. This team's not winning the title. The Sixers opened yesterday at 42-1 to over at FanDuel Sportsbook to win the NBA title. 42-1 to to win the NBA championship. I'm looking right now. As we do this podcast, this reaction podcast, so they've actually dropped to thirty to one, which is interesting uh, because I don't think they got significantly better. But I guess other teams maybe changed a little bit too, and and the East didn't um, totally change. But that that's an interesting uh, note that they're at thirty to one now. They were at forty two to one yesterday. They're at thirty to one now with the addition uh, that they made yesterday of Buddy Hill. So it did move the title odds a, a slight amount. But at forty two to one where they were yesterday, that's a two percent chance. About a 2% chance to win the NBA championship. That's what I give the Sixers. About a 1% or 2% chance. I don't think it's realistic. I don't think it's going to happen. Their best player has had knee surgery. And the odds of him coming back and being at his best in the postseason, very slim. So to cash in future first-rounders, like we had the show yesterday, both Hugh Douglas and we had Elliot with us, Elliot Parks yesterday, wanted DeJounte Murray from the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know if a Murray-Maxi backcourt is going to ever be good enough. It feels small. It doesn't feel dynamic enough. I, I'm not really interested in that as my lead backcourt, but okay. He's a good player. Um, but he's locked in on a contract, which takes away some cap room. He probably would have taken a first-round pick. I look at this summer, and I say, that this is it. They have one more summer to to bleep or get off the pot. This is the one. Are we keeping Joel or are we trading Joel? The Sixers also could blow this whole thing up and trade Joel and have like 10 first-round picks in the next handful of years and just do it this summer. So there's the move on from Joel and build around maxi free agency and draft picks. That's one angle. Or they could go with the more likely angle, Joel, get him as healthy as you can, re-sign Maxie, but first have cap room to go get guys. Immediately after the deadline yesterday, Chris Haynes came out with a report that Paul George is a name to watch for the Sixers this summer. If the Clippers, who are obviously trying to win a title this year, don't get him locked in, and they did just re-sign Kawhi, so they're trying to get you know keep that thing together. But if they don't get Paul George locked up, watch for the Sixers. The Sixers are going to be a major player this offseason, and it's probably the final chance to put the right team around Joel Embiid. And that could be the continued emergence of Tyrese Maxey, maybe a Pascal Siakam, 
Like that's what I'm thinking here. Siakam and or uh, Paul George, or I should say or because I'm not gonna have both, but Siakam and Embiid and Maxi, and then away we go into the next season. Or a Maxi and George and Embiid, and away we go into the offseason. There's also a chance, and I, I brought this up a couple times yesterday because this is why you have to keep the cap room and the picks and not worry so much about a year that's probably done anyway. The Celtics are going to win the East. You know, I I, I, I kept hearing yesterday the East is wide open. Is it? Is the East really wide open? The Boston Celtics are four and a half games clear of anyone in the East. Their net rating is plus 9.6. It's the best in the NBA. They are the best team right now in the NBA, and I don't think it's close. I, I, I really don't think it's close. The Boston Celtics are that. So... I think the Celtics are going to win the East. Joel's going to come back. The Sixers are going to be a six or a seven seed and be an underdog in the first round. This is not a title year. So I'm not wasting stuff for a title year. Plus, I don't think Tyrese Maxey's ready anyway to be the number two on a title team. I don't know if he'll ever get there. Maybe Paul George has to be that next season. But the other aspect of holding the fort, trying to give this team with a buddy healed and a campaign a little bit of a better chance to make a run this year and stay afloat. I think Maury accomplished that yesterday. The other part of this, though, of course as you look forward, is, okay, it's not just... Because someone was pointing out, well, what's the what's this free agent class anyway? It's Paul George. He probably stays with the Clippers. It's Pascal Siakam. Okay, maybe maybe they could get him. But there's other things that happen. This is the NBA. I mean, last year, how did Dame Lillard get to Milwaukee? Because he asked out of Portland. Every year we do one of these. I don't know. And I think in if you're, if you're doing a good job as a GM, you have to keep your options open, keep your... Keep your cap sheet clear unless you clearly have a chance to win the title. Then you go all in. The Sixers are not clearly a championship team, so I wouldn't go all in. And I look forward, and I don't know who it's going to be, but I'll just give you some possibilities. Donovan Mitchell. There's been a lot of weird, and although they've played well, a lot of weird smoke about his future in Cleveland. Is it really in Cleveland? Donovan Mitchell could ask out. That could blow up this offseason. The Jimmy Butler thing could end in Miami at any minute. Those are just two. Michael Bridges. The Nets have been resistant to 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 move off him after trading for him, but they're in a really tough spot right now. They're not a playoff team. They're twenty and thirty one. They don't have the right pieces around him. I don't know if their best path forward is to keep him and keep trying or to blow it up and and start it over. That could be a possibility. And we know the history here at Michael Bridges, Philadelphia drafted him, moving on, all that kind of stuff. So there's just three in the Eastern Conference: Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, Michael Bridges, all could be moved at some point. You never know what's going to happen with a team like the Phoenix Suns. You know, the Durant thing, he's he's become a vagabond. I mean, he's he's here, he's there, he's Brooklyn, he's he's Golden State, he's Oklahoma City. Would you be shocked if one more time Kevin Durant changes teams? I would not if it doesn't work. Right now they're the five seed and they're closer to being the eight than they are the one or the two. So what if they go out in the first round? I mean, what if they end up in the in the play-in and then they end they end up out in in the play in I mean, the Phoenix Suns. I mean, would you be shocked if they move Kevin Durant? I wouldn't. The Sixers now have some cap space to absorb him and ammunition to give the Suns if they blow that thing up. I doubt Curry would ever move, but what if every everyone goes their separate ways? Draymond goes to do podcasts for the volume. Clay Thompson goes in, in a, on a boat somewhere and retires. Steve Kerr says, "I'm out. I'm going to do TV." And the Warriors say, "Steph, do you want to stay or do you want to go?" I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing out there. This is the NBA. This is the NBA. Things happen. The John Morant situation after a bad year for Memphis. Do they just reset the whole thing or do they try to come back next year and win? I don't know. I don't know where this goes. LeBron James, his future is up in the air. Luka, 
I don't think the Mavericks would ever move him. But again, they're in the eighth spot in the playoffs. At some point, do they reconsider everything? Does Lucas say, I'm not going to win here. I got to go somewhere else. Those are just five or six names, five or six examples of teams that could see major shifts, stars that could say, I want out. It's the NBA. The Sixers needed to give themselves flexibility. Cashing in these expiring guys for someone like Murray on a long-term deal never made any sense. Darren Moore has made a lot of mistakes. I think he's overrated as a GM. But yesterday, he saw the forest of the trees. He saw the reality of this. He saw what they were. He made the right decision. I'm not going to lose a lot of sleep over Jaden Springer. You can if you want to. Maybe I'll be wrong on that. But everything else, and did he lie to Papev? Probably. I mean, GMs lie to players. Who's going to tell him, yeah, I might trade you? I mean, it's it's, it's who he is. He lied to James Harden. I mean, this is who the guy is. And sometimes you got to kind of be kind of ruthless as a GM. I wouldn't love it. I wouldn't love it if I was his player. I'm not his player. I'm a fan. I think yesterday was a pretty good day for the Sixers. They didn't ruin what actually matters, which is next season, not this one. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. It was a different day for the Sixers than we probably expected or some expected, but I think ultimately they did the right thing. Everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl, NFL Super Bowl betting pod extravaganza. Props, same game parlay, the side I like, the money line I like, the total I like, MVP bets, all coming your way Saturday morning in your feed. Thanks so much for listening to WIP Daily.